Hopefully the squeakiness doesn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is the Old Gorilla Jiu-Jitsu Podcast, episode number three. And today I am joined with my friend, uh, my brother in Christ, uh, head instructor for Jiu-Jitsu, Landon Bador. Hello, hello. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for uh, joining me and doing this. Anytime. Man, I am so stuffed for meeting <laughs> me too. barbecue. <laughs> I was kind of trying to figure out, do we need to do this before barbecue or after barbecue? But man, I was pretty hungry today. I'm right there with you, boss. <laughs> man, that can never go wrong. Never go wrong with barbecue. Well, take that back. You can't go wrong with barbecue if you don't know where you're going. Yeah, there's some bad, definitely bad barbecue out there for sure. But we are at Cousins today, which is one of my favorites. Uh, Jennifer and I frequent cousins here on Brian Irvin. I wish I could. Probably three times a month, I would say. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah. And they make fun of me when I walk in there because usually I have like a different person with me. Sometimes it'll be like <laughs> uh, I've had your dad in there a couple times and you and work friends and things like that. So they're like, oh, who do you have with you today? <laughs> <laughs> I just realized on your cup it said certified not vegan. Yes, I am certified <laughs> not vegan. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. It works well for the diet, you know, trying to eat lean and yeah, lose some yeah, weight. So it works out pretty good. So, man, um, a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are probably going to be a little bit envious of what you get to do and Living the dream, you're 24, almost 24, right? They'll be 24 at the end of this month. 24 at the end of the month. And you're basically running a jiu-jitsu school and a karate studio. I don't know if you call it a karate studio or dojo. I've heard it. I've heard the works. I've heard everything in my years of training. Studio, dojo, karate school, karate, (laughs) everything. I've heard it. Yeah. So old guys like me, man, just getting into jiu-jitsu and falling in love with it and you know, wanting to be here every time the doors are open oh, yeah. and makes me a little jealous that you come to get to do this for a living every day. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it was, uh, this is not my first choice. Yeah. It was not. So I, I, when I was growing up, I actually, I enjoyed martial arts. I loved it to death. Uh, I never saw myself teaching or running a school. Um, I actually originally wanted to go to the university of Oklahoma and studied to be a meteorologist because I love really? storm chasing. I love storms. I'm still a big nerd about it now. Yeah. Anytime like there's a storm, I look at the radar. And it's like I know what's what. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that was my original. Well, that was my first choice. Then uh, skipped to about my the end of my sophomore year, going into junior year. Um, I was at a uh, church camp. Actually, the first church camp I've ever been to, which is surprising. Yeah. Um, I was at church camp, and I'm like, you know what? I think I, I think I want to be a uh, a youth minister. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I think that's what I want to be now. And so I'm going along, and I had that like I was hard going at it for about a year. I'm like, I want to do it. I want to, I want to spread the gospel. I want to talk to to teenagers and all that. Well, then fast forward just a little bit more. End of junior year, going into senior year, we're at that we're at church camp against the same one, and I had a friend come up to me. After like our big night, um, we called it prayer culture. That's what the night was called. After prayer culture, we go outside and we're at rec time. We're on the volleyball courts. And she comes up and says, hey, Landon, um, I think the Lord is wanting you to stick with martial arts. And I'm looking at her and thinking, wait, what do you mean? Uh, I ask her what, what she, where she's getting that from. And she says, well, as I was praying... Um, I felt the Lord speaking to me and, and showing me that, or, that you were in front of a bunch of people teaching martial arts. 
uh, and then using that as your uh, platform to spread the gospel. So, I'm, of course, at that time, I'm thinking that that can't be real. I don't think so. However, uh, I really just said, you know what? I might not believe it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna follow what the Lord says, and so I really started going after that avenue and. Almost immediately, I start seeing, hey, this is really where I need to be. I saw a lot of things produced from here. Uh, and even just this past year alone, I've seen a lot of fruit being harvested. Sure. Uh, of course, I've, over the past six years, the seeds were planted, but now everything's being harvested. I have gotten a lot of my friends that have trained into church, and then a lot of their friends have brought to church. And so I'm just starting to see that, that, that fruitfulness and what the Lord has put in my my life. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I can tell you, I remember back <clears throat> whenever, I think you just started teaching some jujitsu classes when you were a blue belt. You're what? Uh, you're a black belt now, but you're mm -hmm. not quite a first tribe. So you're No, just, that'll be next year, hopefully. Yeah. So I remember you're a blue belt, maybe a green belt even, and uh, just talking with you. I think you had just gone to camp and you were telling me about how you were thinking about going into the ministry. And even when you were taking guitar lessons from it, we talked about mm -hmm. that some. I remember doing that first year guitar lessons. You were telling me about some of that and how you wanted to use guitar as part of that ministry. Yep. And then you went to camp the next summer and you came back like, so there's been a change in plans. Yep, there's <laughs> been a change. And not too long after that is whenever you became the head instructor here for jujitsu, right? Yeah. Uh, so I became the head instructor for jujitsu here. I think it was Brown Belt. So 2018. 2018, 2019 area. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, right before the pandemic, I think is when it was. Yep. Yeah, I think it was that summer before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, how long? So, you, this is a family affair. So, you know, when talking about old guerrilla jujitsu, this podcast, the, the four things that I want to talk about is faith, family, leadership, and jujitsu. And you kind of you check all the boxes of those <laughs> things, man. You got like the family, you know, uh, martial arts thing here with karate and jujitsu and all the other things you do. You got your mom, your dad, and your sister, and your brother. Everybody's involved. Your dad's like runs all these schools. I think there's nine now in the yep. Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yep. And, uh, you know, man of faith, brother in Christ, you know, thought about going into the ministry, have now chosen to use this school, That's this nice. platform as your ministry, which mm -hmm. has been phenomenal. You know, I remember walking in, gosh, I don't remember what year it was, but John Asher was four. I don't think he was quite five. He came in and we signed him up for Little Dragons. Oh, and uh, he was just a little guy. And I remember being in, in the old school before I moved here to this new place and John Asher breaking a board in the back office with your dad and getting all fired up and all that kind of stuff. And then fast forward to now, you know, it's been, gosh, the better part of 10 years since That's I've known your dad and knowing you. I remember you teaching some classes back at that time or for karate um, and some of the other student teachers that were in there. And But, you know, immediately and I've told your dad this a couple of times is that when you, when you walked into the school and you met Donnie, your dad, or met you or your mom, and I think your even your grandmother was running the desk mm -hmm. at that time. It was just this very overwhelming presence of like kinfolk, right? You yeah. know, every, this kindred spirit. You just felt like these people are legit. You know, this place is legit. What they're passionate about, what they're doing with teaching martial arts. They're passionate about their, their students that they're coming here and the parents that really care about all that. So that's been evident since day one here. And that's what has kept me here and kept my family here. And I think that's a big draw for a lot of people in the community that come here is they feel that 
that sense of uh, family, that sense of belonging that you guys have put in this place. And, you know, your faith is evident. You know, you know you're not screaming from the mat, you know, about Jesus. And yeah. like <laughs> one of the things I throw out a lot of times is JPM. So Jesus is per minute, right? And so the JPMs aren't super high, right? We do yeah. talk about Jesus here. It is part oh, yeah. of the discussion from time to time, but it's not like the main thing that's yeah. always out there. But it's evident through your fruit what, what you're doing and what your mission is here. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate you guys and, and how you really have put that in uh, to what you're doing here as a family. You know, just goes to as a testament to your faith and your family's faith and what you guys are trying to accomplish, not only with teaching kids martial arts and having all the benefits of that. You know, I'm looking at this, this sign over here, courage, courtesy, focus, modesty, vision, mm -hmm. perseverance, loyalty, integrity, intensity, self-control, action, commitment, all those things that you represent here. And as these kids are going through this program and trying to become black belts in karate or trying to become black belts in jujitsu. Those are all the things that are the fruit of that process, you know, and that just, it comes from your heart and your dad's heart and your mom and your family that, you know, have put blood, sweat and tears in this place. That's kind of awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah man. I mean, one of the, the biggest things like uh, teaching our little dragons. So that's our uh, four and five year old class. Uh, Man, I, there have been many times where I've gotten done with class. I'm talking to some parents like, man, I, I, how are you so patient with the kids? And my, my first thought is, well, uh, sometimes I do want to like oh, throw one of the kids up in the air. <laughs> I mean, it just happens. However, the, it's not my patience. It's, it's the Lord that has given me that patience. And yeah. so it's just allowed me to really bring Jesus in the forefront of that without saying, hey, Jesus, like you said, Jesus per minute. So I'm not screaming that from the mat. It's just ways I can integrate it very easily saying, hey, this is not me. Yeah. Like, this is this is all. It's not from my own doing. It's from the Lord. Yeah. The Lord has given me all this. The Lord has blessed me in these areas. I, I can't do anything on my own without him. Yeah. And I think it just goes back to, you know, this is a, a one of the verses that I talk about frequently out of Galatians, you know, the fruits of the spirit, right? Peace, yes, patience, kindness, gentleness, joy, all those things, right? And, you know, that's you know, the fruit of your relationship with with God and relationship with Jesus, that comes through. And it's very evident when you walk in this place that that's the overall drive of what you're doing here. You know, it's not like you're coming in here to get shouted out and yelled at because you're not doing a, you know, front kick correctly yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yep. You know, it's not like we're on Karate Kid, right? And, and Cobra Kai. <laughs> Strike first. <laughs> oh, no mercy, no surrender. <laughs> but, you know, there's... It's a, it's a unique opportunity that you have. And I was thinking about leadership as one of the tenets of old guerrilla jiu-jitsu is, uh, man, you're in a unique position. You know, I, I'm in leadership at work, right? And so I lead a bunch of adults. I have seven people that answer mm -hmm. to me and that report to me that I get to lead on a weekly basis uh, for work in the sales realm. But with you, you have like, you're like a kindergarten teacher all the way up to like this adult teacher. And Wait, for, yeah. There's people in their fifties, right? Mm -hmm. And so you have that whole gamut. You got kids that are three and four years old, all the way to people that are in their fifties, you know, maybe, maybe some people in their sixties. I think there's a couple, there's one guy. I've, that I've had a few in their sixties. In their sixties. So that's a, that's a big range of different styles of leadership that you have to really be focused in on and dialed in on because you can't talk to a three-year-old like you would a, a 50 year old, yeah. you know, yeah. and you can't talk to a 50 year old, but sometimes you have to. Like you do a three-year-old, <laughs> yes, right? Because some of our 50-year-olds, they're like, you know, they they Say need a little. Yeah. 
they need a little extra, you know? Oh, yeah. You know, or 45 year olds like me, you need a little extra, right? <laughs> hey, you're not paying attention. Look at what I'm saying, <laughs> you know? And so, so how do you manage that? How do you, where did you, where did you get those skills and how did you develop those skills to be able to, you know, switch gears from a three year old and then later that evening, the same day, be talking to somebody my age and still communicate and work well and lead well in those different situations? So, there's a multitude of things that go into that um, with the like with the, the little ones, I'd say if like the age six to about 12, that, that's one group I can talk to uh, just because, man, I'm a child at heart. Yeah. I, I love goofing around. I love being silly. I love making making silly jokes. My, some of my favorite jokes are dad jokes. I love them. <laughs> Uh, and so just being able to, to understand, Hey, it's, it's okay to be a little silly on the mat. You don't have to be super, Hey, you're a fourth degree black belt. You have to act this way. You have to point the thing. No, I don't, I don't, uh, I was talk talk to my leadership team. Um, I don't create drill instructors. Yeah. I don't create people that point a finger. I create people that lend a hand. Yeah. Uh, and so just understanding, Hey, it's okay to have a little bit of fun on the mat. There are, there's a time for a little bit of fun. There's also a little bit of time to get strict. Uh, and I do go back and forth between that. And then with teenagers, man, um, I, I contribute a lot of that to uh, being a, a, a leader in the youth group. Um, so whenever I turned uh, 18, I said, I talked to the youth pastor, my youth pastor, I was like, hey, what can I do to help out and be a leader in the youth? And so I ended up being there. And even now, this, this uh, new church, I'm at, I'm a small group leader. So mm -hmm. I lead the, uh, the seventh grade boys. And just being with them and understand being with them every single week, uh, it's helped me understand, hey, this is how you communicate with this age range. And then with the adults, um, I'm starting to get into that range now. I mean, I'm not yeah. a super old, uh, wise, many years of life experience adult, but I'm starting to get into that range. And so just being able to uh, have communication there and talk about life. Uh, and then with them, I, I love being super technical. Yeah. Like with the karate side, with the jiu-jitsu side, I'm a technique person. Um, I like the finer details. And so with that, I can understand, hey, your brain is about the same as mine in terms of how much we can comprehend. I can word dump a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that that's kind of how uh, I've gotten used to that. Plus, uh, most adults, they deal with a five-year-old for one year yeah. or a 13-year-old one year. I'm dealing with 13-year-olds every year. Yeah. So it's like, they never really age up here. They always stay the same. And so I, I constantly get that experience of, I've dealt with 13 year olds before. I keep dealing with them. I understand how teenagers work. I understand how juniors work. I understand how toddlers and, and small kids work. It's because they never age up. They always, they're always more taking their spot. Whenever one student goes to six, there's another one to take their spot at five. Yeah. And it keeps kind of going and going and growing. Yeah. Gotcha. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing that, you know, you're able to, not only, you know, have that experience at the age of 23, 24 years old, I mean, it's going to serve you well for the rest of your life. I mean, leadership is not something that and everybody has, right? It's not something that everybody has had opportunities to develop, but it's one of the most important things that we can have as uh, not only, you know, young men and women, but, you know, as leaders in our community, right? Mm -hmm. there, there needs to be some strong leaders in this community. I agree. And, uh, you know, you're, you're doing a really good job of that. And I think you're going to be able to make a, a big impact. Thank you. Not only in Fort Worth, but, you know, at your church, you know, in, uh, where's, where's your church? Godly. At? In Godly. Yeah. And, uh, 
you know, and you know, you're getting married soon, right? So you'll ha you'll have that aspect of leadership that you haven't experienced yet. So oh, yeah. having leadership with a wife and with a family and things like that. But some a lot of this stuff is transferable, right? Mm -hmm. So you, what you've learned with these little kids that you're working with on a week in, a week out basis, and what you're teaching the teenagers, and you know, all the way to guys my age and older, you know, that's transferable to other things in life and how to lead and how to speak to people and how to be kind and how to earn respect. That's one of the biggest things is, you know, earning respect from somebody. You know, you can you can be. I was looking at it this morning. I was kind of reviewing some of John Maxwell's tenets of leadership, right? So you got positional leaders, right? Yep. They, the only reason they people follow them is because they have to, right? Yeah. So if you have a job and you work at a, a traditional business, you know, like a sales job, like I have, you know, you got people that are over you and they're they've been put in that position. So you have to obey and do what they tell you to do because they're in that position. So you have to respect them. You right. have to do these things. But whenever you go through these different stages of leadership, the pinnacle of that leadership is earning someone's respect and having somebody follow you because they've seen what you've done. You're also in that position, but they've seen what you've done. They've seen what you've done for your company or your, for your organization, and they respect the things that you've taken care of over the years. And, uh, you know, they, they're following you because they know where you're going is going to be a place that's good to go to, right, or to a place that they want to go to. And so I, I see you doing that on a weekend, week out basis, man. I've been watching you for several years. I've been coming here for, gosh, almost seven years. It's been almost seven years. Yeah, <laughs> but it's still four stripe blue belt should be a little bit higher than that. But That's you know, right. you got to show up, man. We'll you talk do. about that too in a minute. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> you know, it's just it's awesome, you know. And so it, definitely keep that up, and you know, it's uh, it's something to behold. I'm, I'm glad that I have my kids coming here to Texas Black Belt Academy in Fort Worth to be under your leadership and under your dad's leadership and, you know, the rest of your family that are up here, you know, working and, and doing what you guys do here. So it's really cool. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So going to, you know, talking to that, you know, it said show up, right? Mm -hmm. So when we're so every week you walk in here, there's a big sign, this plastered on the wall. And when I'm thinking about developing young kids and, you know, not only do those things, that are written on that wall apply to what we do here, but it's also to yeah. a lot of different things in life. Yeah, it's the and so, five surefire rules for success. Surefire rules for success. I took a picture so I could remember because I have a <laughs> terrible brain. I'm forced to remember. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a, it's a big thing it's put up on the wall. It's painted up on the wall, and it says five surefire rules for success. Number one, show up. Number two, positive attitude. attitude. Number three, pay, pay attention. attention. Four, ask questions. And five, don't, don't quit. quit. I mean, you can apply that to just about everything that you're doing in life. Not only here doing jujitsu or doing karate or even cardio kickboxing that is right before our class. Yep. Um, so let's talk about each one of those, you know, those five surefire rules for success. Start with number one. Show, Show up. up. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing you got to do. I mean, it, it, anything that you want to achieve – you want to get a black belt. If you want to get in, uh, you want to get better physically, you want to get better mentally, you want to learn something, you've got to show up. Yep. I mean, uh, we have a, a equation for uh, getting a black belt here. You show up, rank up, you never give up. Yep. And if you don't show up, the whole equation's thrown off. Yeah. And so that, that's just the biggest thing. And that's actually, I believe that's the, the second hardest step. The, uh, the first one is the hardest step is don't quit. And we'll get to that in just a little bit. Okay. But right after that is showing up. Okay. Because most people, they have the big desire. Um, but, man, 
without without action, it's just a daydream there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, even with like, you know, keep going back to like regular jobs, right? Because that's what I do. I do a regular old boring job where I'm doing sales, right? Yep. So, but every day I had to get up and I got to show up. I got to go log into my computer. I've got to go to the office. I've got to do this thing. Our, my kid, he wants to make good grades. You got to go to he's school. He's got to go to school. He's got to show up. He's got, if he wants to eat healthy, he's got to show up to the kitchen and make the healthy food that he yeah. wants to make. If he wants to get big, he wants to get strong. You got to show you gotta up to the show, gym. Show up to the gym. You got to do what you got to do. So showing up, I'm going to disagree with you. I think showing up is the most important, but I'm going to let you argue with me in a minute and tell yeah. me why you don't quit is the most important. Oh, but showing up, you know, you everything you do, you had to show up to, right? You yeah. can't just sit at the house and expect to get a black belt. You can't just sit at the true. house on your butt eating takis, eating pizza, and expect. I'm talking to you, John Ashley. <laughs> And, ex and expect to get a hot summer body. You know, this 15 year old kid wanting to get a hot summer body. You got to stop eating the pizza and the Takis. I'm you waiting gotta... for the conversation. Like, hey, dad, I heard you call me out on the old gorilla. We're going at it tonight. I'm waiting for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, and so it's true, though. The, the, all it's these true. things you've got to do, you know, so showing up, super important. You can't, you've got to be there to make it happen. That's right. Right. All right, positive attitude, that's number two. And positive attitude, there's a saying we have at the school. I tell my, my leaders this, I even tell my, a lot of my juniors this, leave your day at the door. Everyone has, has crappy days sometimes. I've had yeah. crappy days, I know you've had crappy days, I know listeners have had crappy days. It, unfortunately, with how the world is and they're sitting in the world, there's gonna be crappy days. Yeah. So we have two options. Um, option number one is you keep, keep the crud on. And if you smell like crud, ain't nobody going to want to be around you, right? <laughs> it's true. That's right. Nobody's going to want to be around you. And however, I would say there's there's a trash can at the door. Yeah. And if you ever have a bad day, you throw it away in the trash can. You don't dig stuff out of the trash can. You leave it in there. Yeah. I mean, you can't do everything with a positive attitude, but you can do everything better yeah. with a positive attitude. There's going to be some things that are impossible. Yeah. Okay? I'm not saying, hey, you don't. You have a positive attitude, but it's hard to run a mile. I'm not going to say you're going to be able to run a marathon. Yeah. But if you have a positive attitude, you're going to be more encouraged to push yourself towards there. Yeah. And so anytime you come in, man, even if you had a terrible, no good, rotten, horrible, bad day. Yeah. If if you come in and you see your buddy has that, yeah. that attitude on them, man, bring your good day to them. Share your good day. And not just saying, hey, brag about it. Yeah. But man, come in with that, that positive spirit. And so people are mirrors. People are mirrors and you want to have uh, a reflective attitude Yeah. because if I come in happy-go-lucky and you're somber and disheartened, yep. man, if I come in and I'm talking to you, I'm smiling a little bit, that, that tends to raise your spirits up a little bit. Absolutely. And so that's how we want to raise each other up instead of beat each other down. Yeah. It's contagious, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's contagious. And, and bad attitudes are contagious. Oh, and positive yeah. attitudes are contagious. I almost think bad attitudes are more contagious than a positive attitude. It's true. You know, and it's true. You, you get a chance every day. You get a chance every time something happens to make a good choice. And that choice is, do you choose a bad attitude or, good attitude. or do you choose a good attitude? Right. And, uh, you know, and uh, in Corinthians, it says bad company corrupts bad good, company character. Corrupt good character. And so That's true. if you are hanging around people who have a bad attitude, guess what's going to happen to you? You don't you're going gonna to get a bad attitude. That is true. I tell my kids that all the time. It's like, hey, show me your friends. I'll show you show your, your future. future. I've heard that many times. Yeah. And now I'm starting to say it. It's like, well, thanks, Dad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. <laughs> He's 100% right on that. 
You can get out of bed in the morning and just have a sour attitude and go to school with a sour attitude and leave the whole. It, uh, when you have a day like that, hey, it's a horrible day. It's a horrible day. You can. It's hard to get out of that. But that's true. If you practice, you figure out how do I choose a good attitude. You get up. You're like, hey, today sucks. I don't feel good. I don't feel like going to school. I don't feel like working out. I don't feel like going to. I don't feel like doing nothing. But you know what you have to do? You have to implement discipline. Right? Yes, you do. You got to implement discipline. Discipline is what's going to get you through the day, right? Because you're not going to feel motivated when you have a bad attitude. Mm-hmm. You're not going to feel motivated to go to school. Stay or at home, out. stay under the blankets and watch TV. Yeah, yeah. And so what good is that going to do you? Absolutely nothing. Nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. You're going to miss out on the technique of the day. You're going to miss out on getting tapped by Landon whenever you weigh 100 pounds more than him. <laughs> you know, it is making any sense. But, you know, that, you know, when you come and you have a good attitude, and you roll or you do the technique and you're hanging out with your friends and your training partners, man, you just leave and you're so much better. And right? so one, one thing, it easy, there's two, two ways you can kind of correct that if you're a bad day. So I, I, I can't remember how long ago it is. I saw a study and the study was over people with, with bad days yeah. or just bad attitudes. And studies show, I can't remember the number, so you may have to look this up. But there, there was a, a good percentage of people that whenever they smiled, they, they had a bad attitude, but they, they smiled. Not a forced smile, but they looked in the mirror like they tried to give the best genuine smile they could. It may yeah. not be the best smile, yeah. but they, they tried to give as good of a genuine smile they could. Their, their attitude increased. Yep. And again, it's not a fake smile like, ah, nice to meet you, but behind it's like, I hate you. Yeah. But it's, it's a, you look in the mirror, you give yourself as a true, genuine smile or as best you can, your, your attitude will increase. Yeah. And another thing, and, and this is, this may sound very, very weird, but walk, walk around the, walk around the block. Yeah. You do that, man. Because I, I've done that here. I've had a bad day and I've done a couple laps around the mat. I've done some drills. And I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Let's rock and roll. Ready to go. And so yeah. just a little bit of exercise will do you, do you good. You don't have to be like, <clears throat> all right, now become a gym, gym bro or gym yeah. rat and lift weight. No. Just a little bit. Walk a little bit. Do some push-ups, some squats. Get get your blood flowing. Your I call it your endorphins flowing. Yeah, <laughs> your yeah. endorphins flowing. I was about to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, man, that that'll increase. So do those two things, man. There'll, there'll be a significant boost to your day. Absolutely. And you know, and you hit you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, get out and do things. Right. Go, like you said, smile. And you know, I was listening to a podcast and doing some reading up on um, endorphins, like you're saying. Endorphins, catecholamines, things like that. Those are your brains and your body's natural drugs, right? And one of those things is dopamine. Yes, right? dopamine, dopamine makes you happy, man. And if you get out, do some exercise, you're gonna have that dopamine release. That's why people are walking around with their phone up in their face all the time because they're getting that dopamine release, right, from their phone. I'm not saying you should do that. Oh. Get your dopamine naturally. Go out yes. and exercise. Go, like you said, run around the block. Go smell, smile at yourself in the mirror. Find something that'll make you laugh, right? That'll increase your attitude. That'll make your attitude better. Go out in the back you know? and play with your dogs. Yeah. If you don't got dogs, get a dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go go in the garage and do, you know, 50 push-ups or do push-ups until you can't do push-ups anymore. Get a, we have a punching bag in our garage. Go punch the punching bag, right? You have yeah. a bad attitude, go punch the punching bag. Wear yourself out. And when you get done, you're going to feel better. You're going to release some stress, number one, and get your heart rate up, number two. You're going to produce some dopamine, and you're going to have norepinephrine and epinephrine pumping through your veins. Think, think about uh, rage rooms. Yeah. You heard of rage rooms? Oh, yeah. my gosh. I, you go bust things open. It's like, man, let's do that again. I'm right in front of two. It's because 
you got all you got your you worked out your aggression and you got yeah i'm not saying rage rooms are the healthiest yeah but every now and then they go hey sometimes this place is a rage room yeah we're on the mat and <laughs> oh everybody's gosh. going at it like crazy gorillas it's a rage room that's why <laughs> and king of the mount oh <laughs> king of the mat king of the mat man yeah. king of the mount those are yep those are rough yeah but everyone leaves smiling everybody leaves smiling i mean I, there's been times that i've come in here to the school and just like not feeling it right just tired yep, yep. didn't sleep well the night before my diet was crap all day long yesterday then, morning for me yeah <laughs> and then you come in here and you roll around on the mat with paul and scott and adrian and yourself and your dad and get just smashed into oblivion yep and arm barred and tapped multiple times and most people would think oh you got beat up all night why are you leaving happy i have no idea i leave (laughs) i don't know but i'm ready to go i'm ready to go man i'm in good i'm in a better mood oh better person when i leave here so uh number three pay attention ah pay attention man if I could sum it up into one phrase, it's focus. Follow one course until successful. I like Too it. many times we try to multitask and F-O-C-U-S. multitask and multitask. Okay. Man, multitasking, only people I found that are very successful at it are moms. Yeah. I'm going to be flat out. Moms are super successful at multitasking. Yeah. My dad, I love him to death. <laughs> multitasking is not his strong suit. I know it's not my strong suit. And too many times we try to pay attention to multiple things. Yeah. I think even pay attention here is really focus on what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. If you're trying to achieve a black belt, focus on the class. If you're trying to achieve good grades, focus on the teacher. Um, I've told some teenagers that, hey, how do I get better grades? I'm struggling in school. Where do you sit? Yeah. Where do you sit? I sit in the middle or I sit in the back or on the side. Good. What I want you to do is I want you to ask the teacher next time you're in class, can I move to the front row? Move to the front row. And whenever you do that, you eliminate all the distractions because there's nothing in front of you yep. except the teacher. The teacher is dead center, so that's the only thing you can pay attention to. When then when that happens, you eliminate all of the distractions, success success grows yeah. almost exponentially. Yeah. So follow so F follow one course until successful. Spell that out, it's focus. I've never heard that. There you that's go. Pretty stinking awesome. Where'd you day. get that from? Uh my my dad. Your dad? Yeah, yeah. he he's pretty He's pretty wise on that stuff. He's a wise guy. Oh, for sure. yeah. In yeah. multiple ways, he's a wise yes, guy. Yes, he is. Yeah, follow <laughs> one course until successful. I like that. So, yeah, paying attention. You know, when I interviewed Parker um, the other day for the podcast. I still need to listen to that. I'm yeah. sorry, Parker. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's all right. So I asked him, you know, what things that has he learned from jujitsu? One was discipline. Um, two was, oh, what was it? So discipline, respect, and uh, pay attention. Perfect. Where's the three things? And I couldn't remember a third one. You know, I kept saying, what was the third one? Was pay attention. And so he he understands. You know, he's been doing jiu-jitsu for, I will say, a year, yeah, year so and a half. Yeah, he's been going hard for about a year. For about a year, year and a half. And, you know, we had, he, I think he tried to come right before COVID, but then COVID happened and, you know, nobody could really that. do it. Oh. But, uh, you know, he even understands. He's, he's 10 years old. And he says that that's an important thing that you can really pick up from jiu-jitsu. And I said, like, you know, why do you think it might be important for you to have to pay attention and have respect for your instructor. He's like, well, you know, if you're not paying attention, you're not going to know how to do the move. And then when you're trying to drill, then it's not very nice to your training partner because you didn't, you weren't paying attention. And now they're not getting their opportunity that they need to train and drill the move. And then you might get hurt because you don't know what to do whenever you're rolling and you're trying to do something and you might hurt your friend or you might hurt your training partner. So 
paying attention is like super important. Yeah, 10 and, years old. Yeah. That's wise so, beyond his years. Yeah, it's super wise. And, you know, and a lot of that comes from being here on the mat, you know, being around you, being around me, being around all these other adults and uh, that are learning the same thing. Um, but paying attention is of utmost importance. And, you know, you, you got to be able to, some of these moves are super easy, right? And some of them are not so easy. And there's yeah. little details, right? And like, you know, there's every time that we learn the arm bar again, there's like a new detail that we haven't covered or we did and I wasn't paying attention probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like, you know, uh, pinching your knees, your knees together, yes. right? Super important because it makes the arm bar much more effective if you're pinching your knees together, right? But if, you, if all you're concentrating on is getting that elbow above your hips and then pulling down on the arm, and you're missing, you know, the thumb is not in the right spot, right? You don't know which way you need to pull against the arm or you're not pinching your knees or you're not uh, curling in your feet while you're doing the arm bar. You know, there's, there's little details that if you're not paying attention, you'll miss them. And I see True. it every time we have new white belts that show up. Oh, you know, yeah. You know, you, you sh we, so, we show a super simple move uh, or even a position like guard or side control, and they're just not getting it because they're missing those tiny details. But mm -hmm. you pay attention you'll get those details get out. and you keep showing up. You'll keep getting those details, right? That's true. All right. All right. So, uh, number four, this is one I like a lot. Ask questions. Tangent time. <laughs> Tangent time, man. <laughs> one thing that miffs me to no end anytime I'm teaching is when there's no questions. Yeah. It, it, it does like flat out, it frustrates me because I could, I could teach every technique I could teach show all the details I could show it over and over and over again. However, if I show the details without being asked, that knowledge is going to get lost anyway, because yeah. it's, nobody's ready to receive it at that time. Yeah. And so I always, I encourage questions. I ask questions. I ask sometimes too many questions, but yeah. questions when they're, when people ask questions, that means they're ready to take in the knowledge. Yeah. Uh, uh, Master Wallace said this beautifully. He said, uh, when uh, this, the master is ready when the student asks the questions. Love it. Hey, whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Uh, because I'll, I'll always be ready to show the details, but it's not going to matter if, if you're not yeah. at the place where you can fully understand it. Yeah. Anytime you're in class uh, or if you're at school, if you're at work, if you're doing a new hobby, ask questions. And be specific with who you're asking. Yeah. Um, like if I, let's say I'm a, a gold belt in class and I'm learning a kick, I'm probably not going to ask my fellow gold belt sure. how to do this kick or a, an orange belt or a white belt. I'm probably going to ask someone that's a little bit higher rank, someone that has a little bit knowledge in whatever I'm trying to learn. It's like whenever I was learning guitar, I didn't go online and learn how to play guitar. I asked you, yep. you have many years of experience playing guitar. And I'm very thankful for that because, uh, I can play guitar relatively well. But I would have not gotten that had I not asked the questions from someone that's a little bit that has more experience than I do. Yeah. And when I say a little bit more, I'm talking like a good chunk. Yeah. Well, I probably wouldn't ask someone that's been playing for a year. Like I said, how long have you been playing guitar? Twenty years. And that's why you have yeah. a good chunk of experience. That's where I came with the questions. <clears throat> yeah. If you don't ask questions, man. You're missing so much. Yeah. Even if it sounds crazy, if it sounds too simple, you're still wanting that information. Ask it. Yeah, absolutely. You don't know what you don't know. Exactly. Right? And if you don't ask, you're never going to know. That's true. Right? That's so, true. I wish more people would take to that. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, we have a few students that uh, every single time they we show ask it, questions, and I'm like, thank you. Every thank time. them for their questions. Like it's almost automatic when you see them on the mat, and you're like, hey, anybody got any questions? Anybody want to see it again? <laughs> look right back at them. Yeah, yeah. You can look at them, and you're like, okay. Paul and Justin here yeah. at the school. And Parker has become. Parker's that. been coming. Yeah, he's, hey, he's been getting there. To, uh, asking that question often too. Yeah. Say, like, hey, what is this? Can you show that again and ask it? Yeah, there's never be ashamed. There's, and you know, you hear this said a lot, you know, throughout life. There's no bad questions or there's no dumb questions. And truly, I mean, if you don't yeah, know it, you don't know it. It's not a bad question, right? Ask the question, really. You know, you know, if you're paying attention and you're watching everything that's going on, maybe you miss something. You know, sometimes we get our minds wander. Ask the question because you know what? If you if you missed it, maybe somebody else missed it too. I mean, I, I do. I've been doing that a lot more when I dive into scripture is I'll look at something and I'll like, I understand what it says, but I don't understand like the meaning of it. Yeah. Like the, the true meaning. And so I'll go to my dad. It's like, Hey dad, what is this? Like, this is weird. Cause I was, uh, I was a couple of weeks ago, I was leading, uh, um, our Sunday event, J and J here. And yep. so, uh, I was reading through the story of Jesus raising Lazarus. Yeah. And so I was going through that and I was reading and, uh, it got to a point where Jesus was talking about uh, there's 12 hours in a day and people can walk freely, but whenever there's night, they stumble and fall. Yeah, I, I read that. I'm like, yeah, that seems obvious. Like, though they have, they can see in the light. But again, I was, I didn't understand the true meaning of it. So I went to my dad and I asked him like, hey, what does this mean? And he referred back into Matthew and he's talking about you're the light of the world. I was yep. like, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. I had that question. I, I didn't know. That's yeah. the question. Well, it goes to show too, you know, to go, go along with this conversation, if you don't ask questions, then there's a part of whatever you're trying to learn that's dark. Yeah, right. That's true. And you're kind of stumbling around in the dark. But if you ask that question, you can turn that light on so you can illuminate the entire thing that you're working on to understand it better. That's true. And uh, so asking questions, super important. They're definitely a rule for success. All right, number five, don't quit. You say this is the most important. I believe I this is differ. hands down the most important. <laughs> I, I believe this is the most important because it does not matter how many times you show up. Yeah. Okay. If you show up one time, hey, you got your foot in the door, you're there. You show up 30 times. But at any point, if you if you just quit, you're outright, you don't show up anymore. Sure. Then what's the point? Yeah. It's like... Uh, I talk about whenever a student gets a white belt here in any any rank, I bring them to the front and I talk about, hey, the white belt is the most important belt. It's more important than the black belt, the first degree, the tenth degree. Yeah. And all, students always ask me, why is that? Isn't black belt important? It is. It is an important belt. However, you, got, you take that first step in showing up. Yeah. Now, if you just get the white belt and then don't come to class anymore, you don't get a gold belt, nothing, you're never going to reach a black belt. With with our black belt testing, I kind of get a little insight. I can't give too much. I have to keep some a secret. But with black belt testing here for karate, it's it, it's a it's a three phase test. It yeah. is going to be a mental test, an emotional test, and a physical test. Most people do not fail at the physical yeah. or the emotional. Most people, from what I've seen, have failed at the mental. Gotcha. They, they want to stop because they they can't push themselves. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I almost failed my black belt test. No. I almost failed my black belt test when I was... For karate? 14. Yeah, for karate. I was 14. I have to remember, I got my black belt in 2013 when I'm a year older than the, yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, we were sparring. It was like, sparring is one of the last things we do in black belt. I was going against my dad. I think this was the last round. I could be wrong, but we were near the end. 
And of course, I'm just tired. I had to show every technique, yep. every kata, all that stuff. I'm physically drained, especially as a 13 year old. It's not something that you do very, very yeah. often. Yeah. And so we're sparring and I'm getting hit and I'm getting kicked. I didn't like it. I was hurting. And so I was about to say, I give up. Yeah. I said the words, I give, and I got kicked in the head. <laughs> I got kicked in the head. And By your I, dad? Oh, yeah. He's like, what'd you say? I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. I get, and I got kicked in the head again. I was going to do it one more time. I'm like, I probably shouldn't do this. And so we were sparring for a couple more minutes, and then boom, test is done. Yeah. And so looking back then, I'm like, man, if I would have said I quit, I would have never, I would have never gotten my black belt after that. Yeah. I would have never gotten it. Yeah. So, yes, showing up is important. But if you quit, yeah, man, you're, you're throwing your chances out the door. Okay. That, that's my argument. Yeah. For that. Now, I do understand yeah. why people say, hey, showing up is important because if you don't ever show up, you're never going to start the process. And you're ever able to quit, right? Yeah. But I, I, Because most people I, will quit before they start. Yeah. They'll, they'll sure. psych themselves out. Psych themselves out. So if you don't quit even before you start. Yeah. So that, that's my argument for that. I like it. I think it's a good argument. I mean, uh, you know, one of the things that I've done that's super difficult in my life was to join the United States Coast Guard right out of high school. Mm. I think I was 17. I didn't know you joined the Coast Guard. I did. I was, oh. in, I was in the reserves for six years as a medic, or corpsman is what we call mm. it in Coast Guard. But anyway, so joined the Coast Guard, went to boot camp, and you know I had this advantage over a lot of people that joined the military as my dad was in the military. Mm. Um, and he was in the Navy during Vietnam. And one thing he drilled into me for years because I was in ROTC in high school as well, is that when you go to boot camp, when you eventually get there, most people think it's about the physical part of boot camp. Mm -hmm. You know, that you have to train, you have to be able to run, you have to do push-ups, you have to do burpees and all these kind of things, which that is a big part of it. Right? Yeah. That's a big part of it. But the biggest thing he would always say is like, the mental part of this, they're going to try to break you down. Yeah, they're going to do everything they can to break you down. And I've heard that a lot from... Because yeah. military people I've listened to on podcasts is they're going to break you down so they can build you back up. Yeah, they, they, they want to break you down. They want to take you to the edge of what you can do. And some people, that edge is too much, mm -hmm. right? They get to that edge and they just fall apart. I remember in boot camp, there was at least four people that were in my company uh, when I was going through boot camp that just quit. Wow. Just, just broke down crying because of just various different things. And people tried to leave, try to just you know, leave boot camp. Just wow. they found some clothes in a closet, changed out of their training gear, and were trying to walk off the base, right? Wow. Just because they couldn't handle it. they couldn't handle the mental stress of it. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, you, once you're there, if you can master being mentally tough, you can master being able to tell yourself, "Hey, you know what? I can do this. This is tough. This sucks, but I'm going to knuckle down and I'm going to take care of this and I'm going to do this." to best of my ability, and I'm not going to give up. And that that not going to give up is going to take you farther than anything else you can do in life because that not give up is something that you have to dig for. It's something that you have to develop. It's something that you have to tell your mind that you can do. And I was talking to John Asher and Natalie about this um, a couple, couple weeks ago. They were talking about black belt testing because black belt testing was happening yep. that week. And uh, I didn't realize, I was even talking to Kathleen about it, I didn't realize that Black belt testing was so strenuous. Oh my gosh. And it's... You know, mentally and physically, they were telling me all the stuff that these black belt kids were going through. And I was like, are you serious? It's like a five deal, a five, five hour ordeal. Five, right? It's about a minimum five hours. Okay. Uh, 
I've I've been a part of a test that went seven and a half hours. Seven and a half. Why, seven why would it go so long? Just the amount of people. Um, and then for for me, uh, I think it was my third degree test. So this was yeah. seven years ago. Third degree, you have to show literally everything. Yeah. Every technique, strike and kick, block, every self-defense technique we teach, uh, every kata, so both the adult kata yeah. and junior katas. We have to throw all the throws and sweeps. You have to create your own self-defense. You have to create your own uh, kata. Yeah. You have to do the, 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 the warm-up requirement. You have to do the sparring requirement. Yeah. And so just the com- combined, and I probably got like a combined total of four minutes for a break. Okay. And so for five, six hours for, yeah. And, and it was just, it's a long test because there's a lot to cover. I mean, yeah. most people think, Oh, I've learned this over years. Now I can pack that into a couple hours. Yeah. Like stuff you've learned. Cause for me, I got my, so I was, I was going into my 10th year of, of training. Yeah. And so everything I've learned over the past 10 years, I had to combine it down into a day. Yeah. And so it, it's a long test. Yeah. Um, what I, what I tell all my students, and I, I talk about this in our uh, master's class, so our, our uh, advanced class there, I tell, I tell them about the warm-up. And so the warm-up yeah. is 20 laps around the mat. You have to do 100 jumping jacks. Sometimes we'll mix it up. We may throw in burpees or mountain climbers, but generally it's about 100 jumping jacks. Then it's time sit-ups, so you have to do 100 sit-ups in two minutes. Wow. If you fail that, we thought you have to complete the 100 and you have to tag on an additional 50. Oh, wow. Uh, and then the pyramid push-ups. Okay. So it's a hundred minimum 125 push-ups. Okay. And so it starts off, you go 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, and work your way back down. Um, if at any point the, the, the counting instructor, whoever is counting the push-ups, if they see you have bad posture, yeah. they will recount that number. If at any point you drop your knee on the floor, the set starts over. So for and this happened uh, back in April, we were on number twenty-four of our twenty-five set. Yeah. Someone put their knee down. He counted that one, and we had to do all of those all over again. Wow! So it's just that part alone that that's tough. Yeah. And then you have to, and there's like I said, we get. It's not that we uh, we don't want you to. It's that we want to push you. We yeah. don't give that many breaks. Yeah. Um, now, of course, as you get high rank, you are not required to show as much stuff. Like if you go through midterms and such, yeah. but like new black belts, we call them candidates or anybody going for a degree. Hey, you're here to earn that. And we're going to push you to that. Sure. And so you get minimum breaks. And it's, yeah. it's, are you going to push yourself? Or are you going to say, Hey, this ain't for me. Yeah. And that's what we're looking for. Yeah. Is you have shown all the physical require, requirement. You've shown you know all the techniques. That's why you're here. Yep. Now, are you ready to show that and push yourself to the end? Yeah. That's awesome, man. I had no idea that that's what they went through. It's, it's a for... grueling task. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of that sounds like some of the stuff that we did in boot camp, right? They're just trying to wear you down, right, mm-hmm. mentally. You know, physically, I mean, it stinks, right? Oh, yeah. It stinks. It sucks that, that you're having to start back over and you've already done, you know, a gazillion push-ups. But one person messed up and now everybody's paying for you, that mistake. You, you fail as a team, you get reprimanded as a team yeah that's what it is and it's a giant it's teamwork yeah you got 50 50 people either going for a black belt or going for degrees and you're pushing one another yeah. i mean we'll have people yell at each other not like mad but say yeah. encouraging you're yelling encouragement yeah. you've got the parents yelling encouragement so it's, it's a giant thing and i think that's a big <clears throat> testament to to completing number five yeah it's don't do it alone yeah 
you do something alone, you're going to talk yourself out of it. Sure. I mean, we always say you are your own worst critic, your own, your own worst enemy. That enemy is, is going to beat you up yeah. because it's you. You're going to listen to yourself because you, you know yourself. Yeah. When you have other people to speak life into you, speak encouragement into you, man, yeah. that, that's huge. Like anytime, if you run a race, like anytime I run a Tough Mudder, I, I never go alone. I yeah. go with a buddy. I go with with people who and I are going to run with me that are going to encourage me because there's obstacles I hate doing. Yeah. <laughs> if you've ever done a Tough Mudder, and I say the two words, Arctic Enema, <laughs> gosh, I hate that one. It's just a, you slide into a pool without any stopping into a giant ice bath. And it's awesome. It's awesome afterwards, but when you go into that, that's one of my favorite ones. Oh, I'm glad you like it. I hate it. That and all the electrical ones. I yeah, I hate them. Uh, However, I complete them because I have I got my battle buddies. Yeah, I got my battle buddies. Exactly. Well, it goes to the show too. You know, suffering alone is completely different than suffering together, together. Right. You know, and whenever you're suffering alone, you you are up against your toughest enemy yourself yeah right you're in your head and you're thinking like man if i just quit i'm done this is all over with if i just go ahead and just tell myself that it's over it's over mm -hmm. right but when you're suffering and you're suffering with some other some other people and you're all focused in on a common goal man you can go much further you can make it all so what i was saying is you know suffering together is uh way better than suffering alone, right? You can go much further when you are the group of people with a common goal and you can just push yourselves to get to where you need to go. And it's just, it's just, a, it's a lot better to be able to do that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how we, how we got there, but I mean, it's I mean, we have that. So our, our competition class that we have here, we had it last night and at the end, like we go through about an hour of drilling, takedowns, moving. So we're, we're pretty tired. We were pretty good sweat. At the end, it's just like seven minutes of grueling cardio. Yeah. Rather, we it was arms yesterday. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to join. I, I injured my uh, elbow, my shoulder yesterday training. But at the end, I mean, you're going through, I think it was actually ended up being 10 minutes. And it's no stop. It's hard stuff. And we had some students, they, they were just encouraging one another. I mean, you suffer together. You see, hey, they're in the same boat I am, and they're still going, so I'm going to keep going. I'm going to match pace with them. Yep. And so whenever you have people next to you, and this isn't anything. Uh, I know we're, we talk a lot about here, but, man, if we're also talking about life as well, you got coworkers. Yep. You got fellow students. Um, if you're running a race, you got fellow runners with you. You got like Even like Tough Mudder, that's one of the biggest things they have there is, is helping one another. You see yep. someone hurt. You see someone needing help, you help them. Yeah, it's because we all know, hey, you got support behind you. You're able to do a lot more yep. than if you're you're out there alone. It's like yeah, sail, uh, sailing a boat. Yeah, you can sail a boat by yourself. It's gonna be hard. Yeah, just be much easier with with fellow sailors there helping you out. Yeah, with the team. Well, I think it's you know we're, we're getting close to a, like being an hour. But one thing, one more thing, I wanted to say, and this came up during my conversation with uh, Parker and John Asher, I believe, is that doing difficult things right yeah. when you do difficult things when you go out and you do something that is tough you challenge yourself you go the extra mile um that makes you better it does makes you better because it builds resiliency it builds your confidence it builds your strength right and there's the different things that we can do so like working out if you just go and do the minimum workout, you're not pushing yourself, you're not doing anything hard, you're not adding more weight. I mean, you'll get a little better over time, but 
when you push yourself hard, that's where you're going to see the most growth. Yeah, it's like, how does it, how is a diamond made? Yeah. Heat and pressure. That's right. There's no pressure and it's just hot. Well, it's going to be, it's melted rock. Yeah. When there's heat and pressure, something exquisite and expensive is formed. Yeah. And so we need to make ourselves diamonds. That's right. And plus with diamonds, they're cut yep. resistant. They're yep. very resilient. Yeah. I think we need to make ourselves diamond with, with stuff the outside of our comfort zone. Yeah. Exactly. It's like uh, started training some wrestling here. I was so uncomfortable with it. I'm like, this is weird. I don't like it. I don't like yeah. these positions. I don't like these drilling. Now I embrace it. Am I good at it? Eh, <laughs> that's yeah. debatable. Yeah. But I have seen a lot of growth in in myself, not just jujitsu wise, but even physically. Yeah. Uh, because I put myself underneath that, under that pressure, under that out of that comfort zone area. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great. You know that. You know, not only are they learning, you know, these skills of karate and skills of jujitsu and things like that, but the uh, the pressure tester that they are under when they're in a tournament or mm -hmm. when they're going to test for their black belt, man, this is doing a world of good, not only for these kids that are going through this stuff, because it's building their resiliency, it's building their courage, it's building their characters, building, you know, all these things that they need to be able to go into life and be productive citizens of this country and this community, right? And that's that's what's important. It's like we need more uh, kids enrolled in stuff like this. We need our kids to be enrolled in things that are going to make them better and prepare them for the world that they're going to go into. Because not everything is roses, you know. You get you get it's done not. with living with your parents and you get out into the real world. You need some something to lean on that says that hey, you know what? I can do this, right? If you're going through a tough time, I can do this because I've done this. You know, I went through my black belt training. It was difficult. It's one of the worst things I've ever done, right? But because I went through that, I'm able to face these challenges that are coming at me. And I think that's something super important for all these kids to learn. I was kind of on the fence, really, about, you know, what John Asher was going to do with going into karate. Because I didn't know if he was going to like it or anything like mm -hmm. that. I think he wants to do it mostly because he wants to hang out with his friends, right? And that's fine. And, and that goes along with having buddies next to you. Yeah, it goes along with that. I've seen that group of teenagers. We have, like, what, six teenagers now, seven? Yeah. Eight, eight. In jiu-jitsu. And, and they just push each other. Yeah. They absolutely. learn more because they want to grow. Yeah. And uh, so hearing that and understanding, you know, what you guys are doing and how this whole process goes to getting your black belt and the amount of uh, focus and effort and uh, motivation and discipline that they need to build and dedication to do that, dude, there's no question yeah. he's going to do this. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think even uh, getting, putting pressure on ourselves and growing, it works even with our faith. Yeah. I mean, you could go to church every Sunday. You could really dig into the Word. You could really understand Scripture. But if we're really not going and making disciples, yep. uh, the kingdom is not going to grow yep. very, very fast. Absolutely. And so, because I've done that, because inviting people to church was always really yep. iffy for me, um, just because I've never really had friends in church. I never really invited people to, and I started really doing that. Um, and just inviting, I, I've had uncomfortable conversations with it. Just yep. people say, hey, I don't like church anymore. I don't believe in church. I'll say, hey, that's fine. But doing that, just asking questions, getting uncomfortable, that's where I've seen more people personally uh, in my life come back to church or gone there for the first time than I ever have in my entire lifetime. Yeah, It's all because I, I made myself uncomfortable. I put myself in... in uh, 
honestly the line of fire from the enemy. Yeah. But I'm not doing it alone. I've got the Lord behind me, but I have to get uncomfortable. I've got to go and try to make disciples. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of doing things difficult, not easy to practice the spiritual discipline. It's not, it's it's not really easy not. to get up early in the morning and have a quiet time or have a time where you're sitting and you're just praying or meditating or reading the word. It's not easy to go out and tell people about Jesus, right? It's easy, It's much easier to be lazy and be about yourself. Other people got it. That's their yeah. job. I'm not doing missions. They're doing missions. But if we want to grow spiritually, we've got to get into that. Our preacher preached about that a few weeks ago, and we are talking about that with, uh, I think it was Parker I was talking about it with. you got to really be intentional, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to have not only motivation. Motivation will leave you. But having that discipline, you know, to practice those disciplines, right? Every morning, getting up early, doing those things, praying, reading your Bible, takes a lot of discipline. And uh, you really have to work at it every single day. So good stuff, man. Yes, sir. Man, I think we're going to wrap it up. It's been about an hour. I didn't expect it to go this long. <laughs> hey, that's all right. Whenever there's a good conversation, we just let it flow. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much again for sitting down with me, man. I have tons of respect for you and well, what you're doing here. And man, great, great episode. I can't wait to get it published. I think I'll put it out Friday. So oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm man. Excited. Awesome. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too. All right. We'll talk to you later. Yes, sir.